So last week Wednesday, we started a conversation on the symbols of the Holy Spirit. The symbols that represent certain characters or characteristics of the Holy Spirit. We started that conversation last week, and we said we'll be looking at four symbols in total. We were able to discuss two last week, and we'll be discussing two today. As I said last week, these are not all the biblical symbols that Scripture uses to represent the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not exhaustive. We're choosing for the purpose of our study to delve into four. We talked about the oil last week. Can you remember? We talked about fire last week. Can you remember? I believe you can. And this week I said we'll be talking about the wind and dove as symbols that have been used to uh, represent certain characters or characteristics of the person of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And I'm sure you were blessed by last week's teaching. I'm sure you've shared it with a couple of people that you know it will also bless. I'm sure that the oil of God is resting upon your life. The fire of the Spirit is burning on your inside. That's see, really. That is why we are learning all of this. There's no exam. There's no exam after this teaching that you will have to answer uh, what are the symbols? Oil, 10 marks, fire. No, there's no exam. The only reason why we are learning this is for it to become a reality in your life. That's the only reason why we are learning this, all right? And it is my prayer that the oil of God will rest upon your life. Come on, say it like you believe it. I said it is my prayer that the fire of the Holy Ghost will burn, burn, burn bright, burn, set you on fire for him. And you also will set others on fire in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. All right, let's go to our anchor scripture, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we will read from verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, we will read from verse 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. A sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. Glory to God. All right, so we've talked about the oil. We talked about certain characters or characteristics of the oil that are preserved or represented in the person of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the fire, characteristics of fire, and how they are represented in the person and in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Today, this evening, by God's grace, we will be talking about the wind, the wind and also the dove being a symbolic animal that is used to represent the Holy Spirit. For, for, for a lot of people, the only thing they know about the Holy Spirit is that it's a dove. In fact, for some, that dove is not a symbol. It's actually the Holy Spirit. There are people that can literally fight you if you suggest to them, the Holy Spirit is a dove. It's white, it's gentle. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. All right, let's jump into the word. Let's start with the wind. Wind. And before I say this, before we go into the wind, please, I know there are, we have a very wide audience. There are people watching from all over the world. Um, 
and we are, we're grateful. Thank you so much for joining us. We love this communion that we share together, going into God's Word together. Thank you. We really appreciate you for joining us. Also, I understand that there are persons with varying backgrounds, all right? Some are experts, some are PhDs in anthropology, some have uh, PhDs in religions and world religions, some have studied uh, mysticism and all, all those knowledge and you bring them also and you're hearing something like this, all right? Uh, you've come to a place where the principal authority that we submit to is scripture, the word of God. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is as we are talking about the wind, it might be sounding familiar like something from Greek mythology, all right? For, for those of you who have read wide or you've watched wide, and when we're talking about the wind, say, I know what that pastor is talking I know what that pastor Please, 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 all right? The word of God is what we are discussing here. This is what we are breaking scripture. So are you ready? Are you ready? All right, Genesis chapter 8 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 1. We are looking at the first appearance of the wind. We are looking at the first appearance of the wind in scripture and what it meant and what it symbolized. It says, then God remembered Noah. Then God remembered Noah. Then God remembered Noah. All right? And it is my prayer, all right, anytime I see a good excuse or a good opportunity to prophesy into your life, I'm going to do it. For someone under the sound of my voice, this week, God will remember you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Someone is saying, well, are you saying God has forgotten me before? No, God has not forgotten you. These are, these are scriptural terminologies that are used to explain you, your time in destiny coinciding with a plan in God, with a time in God's planning and purpose. All right, he says, God remembered Noah. God didn't forget him. Noah moved on instruction. It was God that gave him an instruction, but God remembered him here means there was prominence in destiny that had to necessitate an action for Noah. All right, and it is my prayer for someone who believes under the sound of my voice that God will remember you this week. That case, that situation that seems dead, forgotten, buried, it will be remembered. It will come to the top. Favor will speak for you in the mighty name of Jesus. It says that God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth. And then the waters subsided. God made a wind to pass over the earth. And the waters subsided. I'm going to read that again. God made a wind to pass over the earth. And the waters subsided. We, we know that the, the, the judgment that had come upon the face of the earth. The Bible tells us in the preceding chapters that God said, I, my spirit will no longer, you know, tussle with this man. I've seen the wickedness of their heart. I've seen the, the rebellion. And Noah was preaching a sermon to an impossible audience. He was telling them the judgment of God is coming. The judgment of God. People were laughing. Look at this joker. Rain. What is rain? Something from heaven. He doesn't know what he's saying. All right. They mocked him, mocked him until the judgment actually came. So we can see here that in installation of grace. Now follow me. This is the first character we are looking at. In the installation of grace, God sent his wind to close the chapter of judgment. I'm going to say that again. In the installation and administration of grace. That is what follows after the judgment has been executed. The wind of God was released and then it blew away the symbol of judgment. Are you with me this morning? So that wind there 
being a symbol of the Holy Spirit there suggests the installation of a dispensation of grace. The installation of a dispensation of grace means that every time you see the wind of God blow, the wind of God's spirit, it means that grace is about to be released. It means that grace is about to be released. It means that there is, there is the, the mercy of God is about to be released. The mercy of God, and we're going to see this as we go deeper, because all of the characters you will see us discuss under the wind, it might as well just be one. It might as well, it might as well just be one broken into different parts. We can see here that they, they, there was the, 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 like a curtain being drawn on judgment, and then an unveiling of grace, because the wind of God's Spirit blew over that situation. And it is my prayer that that situation in your life that has been stubborn, that has been, that has been unresponsive to everything you've known how to do, or everything you've thought you've known how to do, the wind of God will blow over it in the mighty name of Jesus, and there will be the unveiling of grace over that situation. Come on, I need somebody to get this. The wind of God will blow over it, and there will be an unveiling of grace over that situation. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. So just looking at this, as I said, it might just as well be one under the wind, but just looking at this, it might suggest to us, as we examine this a bit deeper, that the wind of God's Spirit, the wind of God's Spirit also is what, 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 what indicates a change of seasons. A change of seasons. Whenever you see the wind of God's Spirit blowing, those who are sensitive in the Spirit sense and perceive that there is a change of seasons. Hmm. There is a change of seasons. There is a change of seasons. The book of Daniel tells us that God holds the times and seasons in his hands. We count a calendar. We have summer, I, I mean in Canada here, we have summer, winter, we have fall, we have spring. All right, depending on where you are, some have dry season, some have wet season. Uh, in some other parts of the world, they don't say fall, they say autumn. All right, whatever name it bears, we're used to the consciousness and the concept of seasons that is connected to time as we know it. However, in the supernatural, follow me this evening, in the supernatural, you can have the change of season after what will look like a day or a decade in time. All right, but in the realm of the spirit, where there is no time, the wind of God ushers into new seasons. Whenever we see the wind of the spirit blowing, it is suggestive that we are transcending into a new season. We are transcending into a new season. And let me show you how this plays out in scripture. Let me just show this to you. Um, let's go to, which one should we read first now? Let's go to Genesis 41. Genesis 41, let's look at verse 5 to 7. He slept and he dreamed a second time. Now, this is talking about Pharaoh's dream. I'm sure you're familiar with this. This is Pharaoh's dream. He says, he slept, he dreamed the second time, and suddenly seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good. Verse 6. Then behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the east wind. This is where we see the appearance of the east wind. Follow closely. It says the east wind sprang up after them and seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke and indeed it was a dream. So it shows here 
that, that as we know, as Joseph would, by the Spirit, bring interpretation. Now, what was going on here, that after the initial seven years of abundance, that there will come seven years of famine. And the famine will be so severe that it will look like we've never seen abundance before. And Joseph said, let Pharaoh find him a man who is wise enough, you know. You know how the story goes. Now, the point here is that according to Pharaoh's dream, he was aware enough to, to make that accurate diagnosis that the transition from the season of what looked like abundance to the season of what looked like famine was ushered in by the east wind. Was ushered in by the east wind. So this is our first introduction to that wind. Um, some of you, as you are listening to this, you will be receiving inspiration on, on how to use some of this information in the place of your prayer. And how the wind of God is released over certain situations. Because some of you know that some seasons, they, it's as though they've lingered for too long. They've, they've, they've just stayed for too long. Things have remained the same way for too long. And you begin to release the wind of God's spirit. Or you begin to sense it moving. And you pick it in the spirit that, Father, I sense the wind of your spirit moving. There is a transition. How do I position myself for this transition? Which is what Joseph gave Pharaoh the interpretation. The wind was going to blow anyways. Anyways, the wind was going to blow. Anyways, the famine was coming. Anyways, the recession was coming. But there was a people well prepared for the famine that the whole world had to come to feed off the ones that were rightly positioned. I hope someone is hearing what I'm not saying this evening. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 6 talks about the north and the south winds. The north and the south winds. The north and the south winds. The wind goes toward the south. This is talking about cyclicality to the seasons of life. He says it turns around to the north. The wind wows about continually and then comes again on its circuit. The wind goes towards the south. We are going to read about the south wind shortly from scripture, not from Greek mythology, okay? From scripture, we'll see what the word of God says. It turns around to the north. The wind wows about continually and comes again on its circuit, all right? And for someone here, please just allow me to announce to you that there are no permanent seasons. There are no permanent seasons. There are no, see, seasons will come and seasons will go. All right? There are no, it might look like this night is so long. It might look like you have remained on the same level for so long. But guess what? The wind of God's spirit, the wind of God's spirit will literally carry you. You will soar with wings as eagles and you will be launched into a new season. In the mighty name of Jesus, I hope you are hearing me this evening. I said you will soar, you will soar, you will soar high in the mighty name of Jesus. It's not permanent. It's not permanent. It might look long. It might look long. You might say, God, when? God, when? God, when? God, when? I've prayed. God, when? I've fasted. God, when? I've asked. God, when? I've sown seeds. God, when? All right? Guess what? It won't last. It won't last. If you're in your house and there's someone near you, just tap them. Say, it won't last. Say, it won't last. The pain won't last. The lockdown won't last. The pandemic won't last. All right? The recession won't last. Some of us are coming out of this stronger. Some of us are coming out of this more blessed. Some of us are not even coming out like we went into this. Glory to God. We are coming out gold. I said, glory to God. All right. 
Let's go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, from verse 54. Luke 12, 54. Luke 12, thank you. Luke 12, 54. This is Jesus speaking. Then he also said to the multitudes, he says, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming. And so it is. 55. When you see the south wind, all right, so we've seen the east wind, we've seen the north and south wind that the preacher in Ecclesiastes was telling us, it's cyclical, goes around continually. So he says, whenever you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be hot weather. So we've seen here what the south wind ushers into. He says, and there is, there is, it happens. Verse 56 now, he says, you hypocrites, you can't discern. Now, listen, I hope someone is going to get this. He says, you can't discern the face of the sky and the earth by looking at earthly elements. He's saying, but the Spirit of God also has its wings. And you are supposed to, by the Spirit, discern the times and the seasons. He says, you discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? How is it that you do not discern this time? How is it that you do not discern this time? How is it the wind of God's spirit suggests to us change of seasons? For those of God's children who are sensitive, we know that this time we are in, there is a wind blowing. There is a season. There is a transition of season. Some are just being ignorant. Some are choosing to be naive. Some are not even naive. They know there is a change, but they just want to insist on the old way. All right? And some know, they know, they know that there is a change of season, but they are not doing anything with that information. They are not doing anything with that information. Praise God. Exodus chapter 10 and verse 13. Exodus 10 verse 19. Exodus 10, 13. Thank you. So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt. And the Lord brought an east wind, remember the same east wind, on the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. Can you see that? The east wind brought the locusts. Remember, remember from Pharaoh's dream, the east wind did what? It ushered in that season from transition from abundance into famine. All right. Now, it says the east wind brought the locusts. Now, let's go to verse 19. Glory to God. So Moses, 19, and the Lord turned a very strong west wind, which took the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the territory of Egypt. Now, this is historical fact. This is data. This is information. But someone is seeing this by the eye of the Spirit. And you know that the wind you need right now is that mighty west wind of God that is blowing away completely. It says no one. What are the odds? How small? What's the weight, weight, weight of a locust? What's the size of a virus? That the wind of God can come Completely annihilated. Now, it might not be for the world. It might not be for the world. I'm talking of in my own space, in my territory. I might not be able to speak for you. You might be comfortable with sickness and disease. But as for me and my house, there is no room for infirmity here because the wind of God's spirit circulates this place. So as far as it concerns the plague, the pestilence, famine and locusts, there is no room for it here because the wind of God's spirit, like a strong, mighty, rushing wind, blows in this place. Come on, somebody say, Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hmm. 
change of seasons. Let me just say this. It is not enough to know that a season is changing. It is more important to know what to do as that season is changing. When Joseph told Pharaoh, he said, there will be seven years of abundance, seven years of famine. You know, the people didn't say, oh, no, why will there be famine? We don't believe it. Oh, they, they were not debating. They were like, what are we going to do? And in the same way, the world as we know it, all right, and I know there are people tired of hearing this new normal, new normal, new normal, new normal, blah, 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 blah. everybody's doing Easter life, new normal, new normal, new normal. What do they know? The season is changing. Whether you know it or you don't know it, whether you agree or you don't agree, things have changed. The wise ones know what to do. The sons of Issachar had understanding of the times, yes. They discerned the seasons, yes. But they also knew what Israel ought to do. May the Lord give you understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus, I said, may the Lord give you understanding. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 16. It's not a book we read when we are trying to be serious. <laughs> it's one that you hear a lot during marriage workshops and marriage seminars. All right, you hear Song of Solomon. But we read three scriptures from Song of Solomon today. For you to see that all scripture is inspired by God. All right, the Bible wasn't joking when he said that. The, the scripture, all right, every book points to Jesus. And then we find Christ revealed in all the books. There might be a primary context in what the subject might look like. But the real primary context of scripture is Jesus. Praise God. Awake, O north wind, and come, O south. Blow upon my garden that its spices may flow out. Woo! Now, we, let's not touch this. Towards the end of this series, we're going to talk about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And every time you see the scripture talking about perfume, fragrance, spices, that is what it is referring to. And we'll revisit that. All right, but here it's talking about the north wind, the, the south wind blowing up. It says that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits. Praise God. I say praise God. All right. So remember I said the wind, it might just be one characteristic we are talking about, but we've just tried to break it down. So the first one we said is what? It's ushers in grace. It closes the curtain on judgment and it ushers in a dispensation of grace. Number two, we said it suggests inter-seasons, change of seasons. The east wind brings in the locust. It brings in the famine. The west wind blows it away. The north wind, the south wind brings it, blows heat. The north wind suggests time of winter. And people understand this. Seasons of light, the, the, of, of life, the night time, the morning time, winter, Winter, the cold, the cold, unpleasant moments. And then summer, when it looks as if things are blooming, all right? And it is the things we do in the night season that influence the, 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 the dominion we exert in the day. I really hope someone is listening this evening. Praise God. Praise God. The wind also is what makes flight possible. The wind is what makes flight possible. I'm going to say that again. The wind is what makes flight possible. If there's any person trained in aeronautics or in aviation listening to, listening to this, you immediately understand this concept. That the principles of, of, of lift and flight 
re requires the manipulation of, of, of the wind and air forces and air currents in a way that it allows lift to be possible. All right? And it just reminds me of that scripture that says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, all right? And that's amazing because as this change of season happens, what the Spirit of God does is that it begins to lift people up and they begin to soar in the realm of the Spirit at heights and pedestals that they've never been before. Not just because they want to, to, to say, I believe I can, praise God. Not, I believe I can fly or 2 a.m. flying, if you get what I mean, flying at 2 a.m. No, no, none of that. There are dimensions in the Spirit that God is pulling us higher to see. He says, now there's more, there's more, there's more. Come up, either. There's more. Glory to God. Let's see a Psalm of David outside the book of Psalms. Praise God. Let's go to Second Samuel. Second Samuel 22. This is a Psalm of David. It's in Second Samuel chapter 22. I don't know if they have it for us. Second Samuel 22 verse 11. This is David describing a very important, interesting situation. All right. Is it coming up? It's not coming up. 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 11. Thank you. Now, this is David. If you read the verses before this, you will see him describing, I cried unto God in my distress. This was actually a song that he composed and sang after the Lord had delivered him from Saul. All right? He says, I cried unto God. Now, this is David graphically describing God coming to his rescue. All right? And we know that our God, the King of glory, is seated on his throne. Glory to God. And that he, the, the instrumentality, the dynamic force of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. So when God is getting into action, the, the, what has actually moved is the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. All right, so David here describing by the Spirit here is being very poetic and is describing God moving literally to his rescue. He says darkness was under his feet. He roused the clouds. Very graphic, poetic description. And in verse 11, he says he rode upon a cherub. And he flew. He was seen upon the wings of the wind. He was seen upon the wings of the wind. And this is a realm, this is a dimension that the Spirit of God makes possible. For as many who will desire not to live a normal human experience, for as many who will choose to rise up and to soar in the Spirit. And you begin to transcend. Let me tell you, let me tell you how this works. Uh, for many of you, when you are flying, on a plane, all right, and you are looking down, all of your skyscrapers suddenly do not look like skyscrapers anymore. All of your cars, they, they almost begin to look like, like toy cars. He's saying there's a realm and dimension that the Spirit of God can take you to, that the things that matter to people at the level that they are suddenly do not matter to you anymore. The skyscrapers, the cars, everything is but a jot. The only thing that matters to you is His presence. And it is my prayer that you will ascend in the Spirit and you will soar above in the mighty name of Jesus, that the things that make for distraction in the flesh, the worries and the cares of this world, you will soar above them in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. Mm. The wind. The wind. The wind flows. The wind is not static. There is flow. The wind flows. It's, it's just like a dimension of the oil. 
It's meant to flow. It's not stagnant. It's not static. By definition, wind itself is air, pressured air in motion. All right? It constantly flows. And that's the operation of the Spirit of God in us. It wants to move. wants to move. It doesn't want to keep you. You can't be filled with the Spirit and you're just, no, no, no. Uh, Paul said, don't be drunk with wine. wearing his excess. He says, but be filled with the Spirit of God. There is a dimension of the Spirit of God on your inside, working through you. You just can't keep calm. You, you, you just can't do things the way you would normally do them, all right? You, the Spirit of God takes you over, takes you over, and like wind flows, flows, not static, energetic, by His Spirit. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. It says, like a strong, mighty, rushing wind. Like a strong, mighty, rushing wind. Sometimes, some of you have seen videos. I know some people doubt it. Under the power of the Holy Ghost, the, the servant of God just And people just go. go, go, go. Sounds like, what's wrong with them? Are they falling? Are they acting drama? Is it real? And I keep on saying this. The only way you will tell if it is real is the day you experience it. All right? But there's something called flow. The Spirit of God, mighty, mighty, rush, rush, mighty. He says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And we know what happened next. It is my prayer that the, that, that, that the wind of God's spirit will saturate your atmosphere. In the mighty name of Jesus, everything in your space, everything in your temple, everything in your body, everything in your mind that does not cooperate with his spirit, the wind of God, like a mighty rushing wind, saturates and fills that space. In the name of Jesus. And every other thing fades away. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. All right. That's the wind of God's spirit. The wind of God's spirit. Some of you have been armed with, with new prayer points. You've seen some seasons in your life. You know what to release now. This is what the word of God does. Revelation comes. Faith builds up. And you can't wait to just get to the place of prayer. And say, I command the wind of heaven. All right. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Let's go to the dove. I know this is the part a lot of people have been waiting for. They just love the dove. They love the gentility of the dove. It's white. It's calm. And I'm going to be giving you three characters of the dove this evening that are symbolic of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I read a story a while ago about a particular missionary in an East African country. And, and that in that community, whenever a new missionary arrived, the, the, the community will give a gift of a dove to the missionary just for the dove to stay in their house. And it was said of the dove that the dove is a bird that cannot stay in, in a noisy, um, tense environment. That the moment there is tension, there is strife, all right, the moment there is all of that, the dove will just excuse itself. Excuse itself. And then the, the community, what they did as a test is they would give the dove as a gift. So any new couple that comes as a missionary, oh, we've come to show you Jesus. We've come to tell you the word of God. And the community, well, if you really have Jesus, there will be peace in your house. If there's peace in your house, this dove will stay. So they'll give the new couple, missionary couple, give them a week. After a week, members of the community will go back and greet them. Oh, thank you so much for coming to our village. We just came to visit you. And what they are checking for is they are checking for the dove. 
if the dove is still here, then this is a peaceful couple. If they are peaceful, it means that they are living what they are preaching. And then we can listen to them. If not, if the dove has escaped, we know that they should, what they do is they shout, kill themselves during the day. And at night, they want to come and do Bible study for us. Praise God. Praise God. All right. All right. Three things we want to look about the dove. And I think if you've not been paying attention before, please, please, as I always do, please pay attention now. The very first thing we learn about the dove in Scripture, that the dove will insist. The dove will insist on requirements being met and will never compromise. The dove will insist on requirements being met and will never compromise. Remember when we were when we were studying last week Wednesday that God had instructed Moses that the building in in making the items the oil and all of those things required for the temple he had insisted that the build it must be built according to pattern and we are seeing again that the dove let's go to Genesis chapter eight for you to understand this we we'll read verse eight and nine or we'll read verse eight to twelve Genesis chapter eight let's read all the way down to verse twelve the as an insistence on a requirement. It won't land. It won't land. And I'm going to explain this very quickly. It won't land. All right, Genesis chapter 8. He also sent out from himself a dove. This is talking about Noah. To see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place. Glory. We are going to come back to this. The dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. And she returned into the ark to him. For the waters were on the face of the old earth. So he put out his hand, took her, and drew her into the ark to himself. Now, what he's saying here is that the Spirit of God, I hope someone is listening, will saturate and look for a man and look for a woman. Will look for a vessel. Hmm. One of, one of the evenings at our family devotion, we were talking about divine timing. Uh, we're talking about Kronos and Kairos moments. Um, Kronos meaning ticking of time. These are just Greek words for time. But there were two descriptions of time in Scripture. One is just time, chronology, time ticking. Second, 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 minute, 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 hours, 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 days, 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 weeks. You get it's constantly going. All right. But the Bible tells us also about the, you will see phrases like at the appointed time, in the fullness of time, at the set time. For instance, someone under the sound of my voice, you know that the set time to favor you has come. I just wanted to release that quickly. And it is my prayer that that will be your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus that this week, that favor you've been expecting, the set time has come in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, that's a good example of Kairos. And then the question that we had at our devotion was, how do Kairos moments happen? This fullness of time, all right? And by the Spirit of God, I was able to respond that in for Kairos moments, there are people, vessels that God raises that begin to pick signals in the Spirit, and that signal is, 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 is a burden to pray to pray out the actualization of prophecy. We've seen it. It was written, but somebody prays it out. And that person has to get themselves out of the way. This is not somebody whose predominant prayer point out of two hours, three hours, is God, my food, my rent. Don't get me wrong. Those things are important. But for those who will activate Kairos moments, you've moved beyond necessities. You've entered into a realm where you are discerning 
spiritual agenda. And you are saying, God, it is time. We've picked it in the realm of the Spirit that it is time for this. I know everyone has been seeking for a vessel. And the Spirit of God goes around and says, there's no pattern. They are not ready. They are still busy fighting themselves. They are busy seeing who or what is trending on Twitter. And God said, this is the set time for this revival. This is the set time. Let's release the dove. The dove will not rest anywhere until these conditions are right. That's a message to a generation. And I pray we will hear it in the mighty name of Jesus. The number two thing about the dove is purity. Purity. The spirit of God being pure. Purity. I mean, if there's anything anybody knows about a dove, is that the color is white. If there's anything you know, is that the color is white. Someone is saying, well, I have the black dove soap in my house. I have the green one with aloe vera. I'm not talking of cosmetics here, please. Glory to God. Let's go again to Song of Solomon, chapter 5 and verse 2. Song of Solomon, chapter 5 and verse 2. It is suggestive that the Spirit of God has the ability. He says, I sleep, but my heart is awake. Now, there is a very surface level romantic interpretation for Song of Solomon. Um, that is why in Jewish scripture, um, if you are not up to the age of 18, they won't allow you to read Songs of Solomon. All right. But we are going beyond the surface romantic. We are digging deeper now. He says, I sleep, but my heart is awake. It is the voice of my beloved. Enoch saying, open for me, my sister, my love. He refers to, refers to the bride there. My dove, my perfect one. He says, for my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. I want to come back here. Open for me. I want to read this as my bride, my love, my dove, my bride filled with my spirit, my perfect one. Remember what we said about the work that the spirit of God does within. He's able to make us pure. He's able to give us a new heart, able to empower us to please the master. Praise God. Song of Solomon 6 verse 9, 6 verse 9. 6 verse 9, it says again, my dove, my perfect one, is the only one, the only one of a mother, the favorite of the one who bore, the daughters saw her and called her blessed, the queens and concubines, and they praised her. One of the ways to, 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 to approach Song of Solomon is to exemplify symbolically the relationship between Christ and his bride, and he sees us as perfect. He sees us as pure by his spirit. Without his spirit, not the works or our commitment to a way of doing things. No, no, no. He says, by my spirit at work in you, I can empower you to please me. Praise God. I said, praise God. The third thing that we're going to look about, about the dove. All right. And many people have been waiting for us to go to this scripture and they want to ask, was it as a dove or did an actual bird descend upon Jesus at the baptism? Now, my question to you asking me that question is, if an actual dove descended, what if? Does it mean you should buy a dove and put it in your house? That was not what Jesus did. He didn't go and buy. He didn't go and look for. 
All right, praise God. So let's just see what the Bible says about that. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. And you know how we always look for the doctor's um, account. So we'll also go to Luke. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. When they had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Now, this is speaking symbolically of the Spirit of God finally finding a place. And then verse 17 tells us that a voice spoke. The Spirit of God came, rested upon him, and then a voice spoke. Let's look at Luke's account, Luke chapter 3 and verse 22. Luke chapter 3 and verse 22. It says, and the Holy Spirit tended in bodily form. Now, this is Luke's query into the matter. He's saying that we, we actually saw something, but we knew that this was not just random. It was representative of the Spirit of God. He says, the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and then a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. In you I am well pleased. So, here what we are learning about the dove is that it rests upon where it rests upon signifies a place where you and I can find rest for our souls. You can find that in Psalms chapter 55 and verse 6. But let's go back to Genesis chapter 8. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 8 verse 9. One of the verses we read. It says, but the dove found no resting place. I'm going to read that again. But the dove found no resting place. I will read that one more time. Somebody needs to get it. It says, but the dove found no resting place. But in Christ, at that moment in destiny, the Spirit of God descended and said, we found our place of rest. We found a place of, we found the Lamb of God. We found, we found, this is all, this is, this is the moment that the all of creation has been groaning for. That the Son, the Son of God will be revealed, manifested. Jesus said, I'm doing this baptism for the scriptures to be fulfilled. For the scriptures to be fulfilled. His entire life, life, experience, miracles, death, ascension, resurrection, everything in accordance to scripture. But what is the lesson for you? Listen, listen, dear child of God. There is no other place of rest outside of Christ. There is no other place of rest outside of Christ. I'm going to say that again. Someone is saying, no, 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 pastor. If you can sign me a check of five million, I'm going to be fine. Guess what? Those who have five million in their bank accounts are still looking for peace. Someone said, okay, let's, let's raise the, the stakes high. One billion. One billion. And then, you see, see, let me tell you, what you need is not more money. What you need is more Jesus. You need Christ on your inside. You need, you need to find rest for your souls. This hunger and this rat race, it's amazing. Many people have been able to calm down. Even though many people are getting careless once again and just misbehaving, which is absolutely fine. That's how humans are. Praise God. Praise God. But, but in sobering moments, we have an opportunity to look into the things that really do matter. The things that really do count. Many people have been able to spend time with family, spend time with loved ones. Even the earth, our environment has been able to chill a bit and to breathe a bit. You won't find rest anywhere else. 
you won't find I, I, if there's one thing you leave this evening's service with you won't find rest anywhere else you won't find peace anywhere else more money in your bank account won't bring you peace if you're a guy, more girls, more blinks more Instagram followers more Twitter followers what if social media is deleted? Have you thought about it? If you've connected your worth to an app, what if it disappears? There's no Instagram. Or what if your two million followers just disappear? You, you now begin to feel worthless. Or you've connected your source of meaning to your job. What if they ask you to leave? There is no rest anywhere else. There is only rest in Christ. And His Spirit is available this evening. The Spirit is available this evening. The wind of His Spirit is ready to blow, to change your seasons. You've struggled, you've wrestled, you've done all sorts, you've gone everywhere, you've tried religion, you've tried church, you've played church, you've done church politics. All the scriptures we've read this evening, you probably know everything, but you know you do not have peace in your heart. You do not have rest for your souls. I want to send out this invitation to you this evening that the Prince of Peace he wants to reside in your heart he wants his presence like a dove to make you his resting place his resting place his resting place the wind of his spirit like a rushing mighty wind is ready to blow out the locusts ready to blow out the famine and to bring you into a new season of grace a new season where judgment is sealed off and mercy is unveiled. And he's saying this is an invitation to you. Will you say yes? Will you open the door of your heart? Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, not just enough to hear his voice, but to open unto him, he says, I will come in. I will sup with him. I will dine with him. I will reside in that vessel. I will make that place my resting place someone is saying no 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 the spirit of god if he did his pure cannot stay in me i've been dirty i've been filthy i've been terrible pastor i think the message has been great up until this moment you can't tell me you can't tell me with all the tattoos on my skin you can't tell me with all my piercings you can't tell me with 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 the with with my body count you can't tell me with all the followers i have on only fans you can't tell me with all my pictures littered over the internet that god's spirit this same spirit that you say is pure can find a place in me say no 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 pastor please say something else and let's move on guess what you yes you is not coming in because you are pure he is coming because his spirit is able to make you pure the prince of peace is ready to reside on your inside and i need your faith to rise i need your faith to rise he saved the very worst of us he saved the very worst of us he's not waiting for you to change your ways and to turn a new leaf he's saying you don't have the capacity to do that at a level that is lasting and sustainable at best you can sustain it for a while he said, but my spirit, my wind can blow permanent seasons. I can blow away that chapter from your past and I will recognize it as though it never happened. Justified. Just as if it never happened. He says, I can supply you my grace and make you brand new. And this is a word for someone under the sound of my voice. I hear the spirit of, the God, of, of God say, I want to make you brand new. I want to make you brand new. I want to make you brand new. 
I want to make you brand new. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just thank the Lord for the word that you've received this evening. I begin to intercede for as many who the Spirit of God is doing that work on your heart in this moment. Some are saying, I really now want to give my life to Jesus. I really want His Spirit on my inside. Some are saying, I've done this before. I want to rededicate my life to Him. Like a strayed bride. I want to come and rededicate. I need to take these vows again. I know He's been faithful. He never left. I've wandered and strayed away. I'm coming back home. I'm coming back home. Guess what? His arms are wide open. Ready to receive you. Father, I agree with your sons and your daughters under the sound of my voice. Making a decision for you. They acknowledge their sin. They acknowledge that you, the Savior, died for them. You took their place on the cross. The sin that we should have died, you died in our place. You were buried and on the third day you rose again. You are alive today. By your spirit you live in us. You empower us to please you. To live a life that brings you glory. Thank you because these ones, their names are written in the book of life. They receive that supernatural ability to live a life that pleases you. Thank you Father because today is a new day. Come on, I said today is a new day. The wind of God's spirit ushers them into a brand new season. Thank you, gracious Father, for in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Come on, wherever you are, the greatest miracle in the world just happened this moment. Jam your hands together and let's celebrate our new family members, our new fam, you know. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is the best decision you can make. The very best decision anyone can make. And I first of all want to say congratulations. You are brand new. I know your skin color hasn't changed. Your height hasn't changed. All right. Your tattoos haven't blotted away. Guess what? He loves you. I don't walk this journey alone. Get in touch with us. Get in touch with us. Please, if it's your first time here or if you just made a decision, there's a number on the screen you can text. Uh, there's a contact form on the website. There's an email. Someone wants to pray with you. Send you a gift. All right. Walk you through this new life. In unveiling this new dimension and this new life. Glory to God. Congratulations. I'm happy. I'm happy. This is the best, greatest, greatest, greatest miracle in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God.